Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the Allegiance Quest. What we're thinking is just sort of the beginning of it. Not all that rewarding. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now, so come on in and join the conversation. Submit your questions so you can be a part of the discussion. If, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also hit the like button and the subscribe button. Basically, what I said in the talk was just a quick summary. I enjoyed the quest. thought the story was good and the writing was great. I encourage people to pick the Drifter. I thought his dialogue was very interesting. It remains to be seen if we're going to get anything that's sort of worthy of note from the rewards or if anything is going to happen with respect to it actually being influential over our experience. doesn't seem to be doing all that much right now. But it could do more, uh, you know, as time goes on. We think it's going to go uh, week to week. So, first question's coming in from Train. It says, why do these quests not give the player an option to do activities? They like to force them into content they don't uh, want to do, like PvP versus PvE. Instead of PvP doing Nightfalls and giving us a choice to do what we think. Um, I mean, I think that they could have easily... I, I, here's the thing. I don't care if a quest takes you into PvE environments. I don't think every quest should be like, okay, Billy, we know that you don't like this, so you got to go do this. My issue with leveling and player volition is, is not that I think every piece of the game should just let you do whatever you want. If, the, like, Thorn and Last Word requiring a decent chunk of, uh, you know, a decent chunk of, of PvP, I'm fine with that. Now, they let you on the Thorn get a lot of the quests done by never going into PvP, okay? After a while, that becomes like, okay, you've got to go into PvP for at least a little bit. Now, the end of the Thorn quest, I think, is basically, not only is it misleading, it's, you know, potentially broken. Um, it, it, It tells you Guardian defeats... Not Guardian defeats, it says defeat Guardians, but defeating Guardians doesn't work. It can't be an assist. Uh, so that's a little confusing. If they want final blows, it needs to say final blows. I pointed that out, you know, in my talk that if if you're going to have people needing to get the final blow, like have it say it, just like there's bounties like that, uh, so that you know the the text is a little misleading. But other than that, I think it's fine that make you have to go into PvP. If you're wanting to do a drifter quest, I mean, what are you going to do? Go into PvP and listen to audio recordings of drifter? Like quests are going to take you into different areas. I don't think leveling should. This morning, I was doing content that I wasn't interested in. It was like, I would rather be grinding Reckoning for guns instead of hanging out in Blind Well or trying to do 100k Nightfall. It's like, I've kind of seen and heard that. I don't care. I, I, Blind Well would be more fun if there was an actual intentional weapon grind there for Dreaming City weapons. But instead, it's... You know, it's this environment where I'm basically only in here. I was in there trying to get, like, Servant of the Plague kills, which is annoying. You have to get 15, and if other people kill the Servant of the Plague, well, then you don't get credit. So it's like, it was just a real frustrating experience. Like, I don't even want to be in here, but I'm only in here because you basically make me come in here uh, to get the... To get the, the, the I ha, you know, they didn't make me, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I have to go in because if I don't go in, I can't get the bounty. If I don't get the bounty, I won't get the powerful. 
So I was spending my morning doing activities that I'm not interested in. I would much rather be grinding Reckoning. That's a new activity. I actually think it's pretty fun. There's new guns in there. I'm more interested in that than leveling up. But because I know Reckoning Tier 3 is literally right around the corner, I'm going into content that I don't want to go into. I think there's a huge difference between what I'm saying and what you're saying. I don't think you should let people just go wherever they want for quests. I think it's okay for quests to take people into different areas. But making it to where you can just go wherever you want for a quest line, that doesn't even make any sense, honestly. That That's that's just not... I don't think that's how the, the, the content should flow. Um, so, and keep in mind, uh, you know, on the subject of leveling, I li- I've been ranting about this a lot... <laughs> This morning I was playing with a guy who hasn't been really trying to grind and hasn't really been putting a lot of effort in and he's at like his max character is 686 and my max character is 680 and I've been playing like crazy trying to level but it's RNG based so he's in a whole other delta than me I'm not even in the 81 delta I'm 680 he's in the he's two deltas above me he's at 686 and he didn't do anything different than me. If anything, he played less than me. Uh, Fet44. I know we've talked a lot on this channel about letting players play the activities they want and spreading powerful rewards out according to whatever activity they are consistently doing. What if every time you filled an XP bar, you would get a powerful drop? I mean, that would be one way of of doing it. Um, that'd be one way of doing it. You could give players like this sense of like, just every once in a while you're getting something. Again, I just don't think that's necessary if you want to have milestones for bigger drops that's fine you let people do the bigger drops but then just let them get power jumps from all activities and you adjust them accordingly if you want to throw you're basically throwing in another powerful periodically and i don't necessarily have a problem with that but i think that just continues to grate against what an rpg should feel like and that is i'm playing and i'm leveling instead of well, I got another powerful drop, but it didn't give me what I, I needed. We should have had leveling this season. It's not necessary at all. I I don't know, though. I think pushing leveling as a value point was a smart play. It just needs to be something that makes more sense and is more sensible. Because if, think about it. If, if you're, a, if you're, if you're a less engaged player, if you're a less engaged player and you're coming back to the content and you're playing the new content and you're like, this isn't so bad, but you're also leveling, there's like, there's like a, there's a, there's tiers of, of a sense of progress. You might be trying to do tier three reckoning and you might be trying to get a certain gun or a certain role or whatever. And that's totally fine. That is, that is, that is your prerogative, but if you are lower tier and you're just trying to like play and have fun, the small amount that you engage, you feel like multiple layers of progress. Maybe you get a gun to drop, maybe you get, you know, some level bumps just cuz you're playing reckoning or you know or whatever. Um I don't know, to me it's like that lands on everybody. That lands on everybody. So it's like I don't think leveling is a huge value point unless it's just like a natural sense of progression. You come back, Season of the Drifter lands, hey, we've got all this stuff for you to do. Oh, cool. As long as I'm playing, I'll be leveling up and getting ready for each thing that happens. There's Tier 1, then there's Tier 2, then there's Tier 3. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that gives people a sense of change, a sense of moving forward. You know, I think there's a lot of things that come from giving people that opportunity. Uh... To, and, and then I so and then again I just did I this doesn't help me 
So I just, again, I just spent all this time doing this milestone, and while my friend skates to 86, I just wasted more of my time, um, again. This doesn't do anything for me. Like, the leveling system could not be any more unrewarding and frustrating. I just feel like it's, it's, I've never played an RPG that motivates people to play less. I just, why bother? What's the point? Um... Leveling doesn't make you more powerful, though. It does if there's a power structure. How could you say it doesn't make you more powerful? Sure it does. You do more damage and you take less damage. Like, that's literally, like, how it works. Leviathan. Uh, I don't like the rewards they give out for these type of quests. Um, what would you say is a good reward for completing a quest? Well, like, I, I don't necessarily think you should, like, go around and hold down the X button... You know, you go around and you hold down the X button on, on, uh, what? I mean, what, you, you hold down the X button on some recordings and you deserve like a god to your weapon. But I also don't think you should, you should give us just a powerful reward. Like I said, one of his guns at random would have been totally fine. It'd have been totally fine. You do that. And when you do that, it's, it's that sense of, Hey, each week I'm going to get one of his guns. You know, just a little something, something. It doesn't have to be amazing. I mean, with random rolls, the gun may be a crap roll, but what you're doing is, is you're exposing the player to, you know, more stuff going on in the game, more stuff to potentially chase. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely think that there, there is, uh, there's something there. I forgot to do that bounty on my, uh, my warlock. I'm gonna switch back. I don't, I don't think, I think sometimes people forget that like a quest line is just sort of like a, um, like a transaction of your time. You're, you're literally just like, okay, here, I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And then I'm done. I think sometimes people forget that that's like really, really easy and it needs, they like, it's okay for them to set up stuff in such a way where you, you don't get an amazing thing for wandering around the map and pressing and you know an X button, um, I mean that that that's just my feedback. I I don't necessarily think a quest line should be as unrewarding as it was, but I also don't think a quest line should be just do whatever the frick you want and then you get an amazing piece of gear. You know, oh yeah, just go around and press the X button. I also think maybe they're daisy chaining it, so there could be more to the quest. You know, in the coming weeks. Johnny, Drifter Allegiance means the player cannot complete the Honor lore book, so collectors will have to run it twice, both versions, to complete the lore book. Is this a gameplay loop that can be stretched into the future? Well, you have to have a second character, though. That's another decision that I thought was really odd. If you're going to want to, if you're, okay, so you're going to make it an impactful decision, right? Impactful meaning maybe there's a mission that I get to do that you don't get to do or something. Well, they made it impactful over, like, lore collecting, which I thought was very, very strange. Like, so wait a minute. If you're a person with one character and you care about the lore, you basically just got told you have to pick Vanguard. Now, I I don't know. I'm not going to die on that hill, but that, se- that seems a little unnecessary. I think impactful decisions are okay, but collectivism, you know, lore... I, I don't know. And I get what T-Funk is saying. I just don't think that's re- that's a restriction that makes sense. It's lore. So why wouldn't you say, hey, you can get the lore no matter what, but if you pick, you know, Drifter, you're going to get a completely different set of ornaments and you're going to get access to a completely different quest line. 
And if you pick Vanguard, you know, same issue, same deal. Instead, it's like, I don't know. I feel like they've got this they've got this false sense of what a meaningful decision is like a lore card not being able to get a lore card that just seems really really weird i i'm i don't care it doesn't matter to me i just know the people that do care about lore might feel a little sort of like well you're forcing my hand here is there a particular reason these guys aren't taking any damage from my weapon what is happening I don't understand. The weapon, the, the damage output on these guys doesn't make any sense. I was shooting these guys and getting like, like I'm nerfed. Uh, how do you do the thief adventure at the beginning? It's up to, it's, it's not up for me. I don't, uh, I don't know. Uh, fuzz bounce, um, says, I don't want it either. Uh, but I'd be interested to hear your reasoning as to why you think transmog is bad for the game. Transmog is bad for the game because the gear has an, uh, an origin, and the and the origin is determinative deterministic of like what the what the gear looks like. So when you so people are gonna be like, what's transmog? So I should probably explain what transmog means. Let's say you got a pair of gloves from the raid that you think are amazing, and then you may and then you basically infuse them with the appearance of tangled shore, tangled web, or whatever the frick. You infuse it with that. You basically change the appearance of the of the gear. Well, here's my question. Are my boots of the great hunt going to have their name changed because I'm infusing them to be tangled web boots? Because that's really confusing. So it's going to say boots of the great hunt, but then look like tangled web boots. That 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 completely guts part of one of the main pieces of Destiny's identity. In that gear you get has has an appearance. It like it does it does things in that particular place like the gambit gear right now right it has a particular thing that it does and it adds to your you know your gambit prime uh you know out outfit and loadout so for me i don't necessarily understand why people in transmog i'll give you transmog in another way that doesn't break the identity of destiny okay if you have a pair of gauntlets that you really like the way that they look and you're not too happy with the perks they could make perk infusion possible, maybe. So you're still working within the confines of existing systems in the game, but you're not... I, I just don't think transmog belongs belongs in the game. Because Boots of the Great Hunter from The Last Wish, you know, you get these, they, you know, they, and they have a really rare perk called Distribution. Distribution's a really nice perk. You can get Enhanced Hand Cannon Reload or on a pair of gauntlets or whatever. I'd be okay with you being like, oh, where'd you get those? And you'd be like, well, they drop with Hand Cannon Reloader, but I was able to, I was able to infuse Hand Cannon Reloader with another uh, pair of gauntlets that has uh, Enhanced on them or whatever. Maybe at least let them, like, match up or something. Um, but again, I think transmog is bad for the game. I don't think they're going to ever add it. I don't think they're going to ever add it. And I don't think that they should, even if you would like it, if you want to look a certain way, listen, you guys are asking for the wrong thing. You're asking for a bandaid on, on a system that has no agency for how you look. And I'll tell you why. Let's just, let's just go into collections for a moment and let's look at an armor set. Okay. Open world IO armor set. Very cool looking. Chest piece has like an alien feel. Really cool bottom section with like nice flowing robes. Helmets almost like a spaceman helmet of some sort from another world. Uh, Very reptilian looking on the gauntlets and the boots. And you're like, this is a great armor set. I want this armor set. Okay. 
you should not be asking for transmog because transmog cheapens what could be a really really good grind for you it just turns it into like a oh well i'll just go get a pair of gauntlets from this person and then just like grab the appearance and and slap it on my my gauntlets for my reverie dawn gauntlets or whatever or my gloves of the great hunt why not instead empower you to farm for that armor from that location so you can grind for the role that you want like that's the way this game is built this game is built on you chasing the loot that you want and then getting it why not both transmog guts the grind Listen, if all you needed was a pair of gauntlets from IO because you really like the way that they look and you can you can take your your god roll, don't you see what you're doing? You'd have to go to you'd have to go to the Dreaming City and hope for a god roll on the Reverie Dawn gauntlets because that's the only place you can get enhanced perks. And after that, you go to IO and you just buy a pair of gloves. And when you buy those gloves, they they enable you to just change the appearance of something. That's that's not cool. That's wouldn't it make more sense to go to IO and say, "Oh man, your armor set looks awesome. Where'd you get it?" Well, it took me a while. All the IO pieces, I had to grind IO. While I was grinding IO, I was leveling up my rank with Asher, and once I got my rank so high, I also put all these ornaments on my gear. Like you could layer the appearance influence of, you know, of the of of the stuff. But instead, you guys want to turn it into like a just get the god roll gear and then go buy a coat of paint for it. I don't think that's nearly as exciting. If you're going to be wearing an entire set of IO armor, that should be something that you had to grind for on IO. Your gear is a testimony of where you've been. You really want somebody playing through the raid a couple of times, getting all the armor pieces, and they can just transmog it onto whatever they want? Man, you got some god roll raid armor. How'd you do that? Well, I really didn't run the raid that many times. I just transmogged it. I, you know, I played the raid enough to get the armor pieces, and then I grinded easier activities to get the to get the rolls that I wanted. Once I got the rolls that I wanted, I just transmogged it. So, a set of god roll raid gear is not a set of god roll raid gear. It's a set of god roll gear you made look like raid gear. Don't you see the problem with that? The the, uh, the 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 gear that you wear is supposed to be an identifier. It's supposed to be, oh, you went and you did this a lot to get that. If you see somebody with a god roll orchid or a god roll gun, you know what they did to get it. It's a testament to their to their character. God roll trials armor, god roll trials weapons is an actual visible testimony of the type of player that they are. I don't really get care how people get their gear. I want my gear and I want to look cool. I, but that doesn't matter. Your affinity doesn't take away from what I'm saying because you're, oh, I want to look cool? Great. I'm empowering you to look cool. You can go get God Roll gear and you can look cool in my system and my system maintains the identity of Destiny and, my, and the identity of Destiny is you do this to get this. You do this on IO and you look like your gear came from IO. You run the raid and you get and you get raid gear. It's always been that way. If someone's wearing if someone's wearing a, you know raid gear from Wrath and they had really really good rolls on all their stuff, you knew what they you knew how they got it. Right, it's a badge of armor. Exactly. It's a badge of honor. So like if you see somebody with god roll Wrath gear 
and they and they transmogged it. That's lame. That's not a story. That's not a badge of honor. That's not an achievement. They got a full set because they used LFG for a couple weeks, and now they've got the then now they've got the best the best roles because they basically they basically transmogged. I just don't think that's as cool. I also don't think, opinion aside, opinion aside, the consistent identity of Destiny from vanilla D1 to now is if you run X piece of content, it makes you look like that piece of content. Whether it was Vaults of Glass, Dark Below, Taken King, I'm sorry, King's Fall, Crota's End, Wrath of the Machine, you disrupt that with transmog. I know it sounds like I'm getting really like, wow, Lono, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. I'm trying to explain to you, number one, why I don't think we'll ever get transmog, but I'm giving you transmog. Don't argue for the sake of being argumentative. If you want to look that way, I'm giving you a way to go grind for the armor and look the way you want and get the, get, get the perks that you want, and then that's a testimony of your investment. I think they should do that with raids. I would love there to be bounties that you could grab from a raid NPC and then you could keep running the raid and getting those armor pieces they wouldn't be powerful right they wouldn't be powerful drops but it would let you craft and get like okay I want to I want to work this week on getting a really good pair of gauntlets and you can only grab one armor you know one armor bounty at a time you run the raid you get that pair of gauntlets and you do it over and over and over again um I think that would be a great way of creating longevity for the raid, and also it would be a clear testimony. It's like this guy has God Roll armor set from the from Scourge of the Past. He must have run Scourge of the Past like crazy. Right now, with the way armor drops in the raid, you are not empowered whatsoever to have a full Scourge set with the perks that you want. It's like the most mathematically improbable thing that would happen. That you would get gauntlets, boots, chest, have everything you need, have everything you got, and have it look, and, and so you look the way that you want. Like if I think the scourge armor actually looks really, really dope, there's no way for me to get that armor. I have what? How many loot drop chances in that raid? Three times loot drops, and I might get guns, and then I'm done for that week on that character. But if I could keep running scourge, and I could, and I could basically say, okay, I grab a bounty from the raid NPC, I run Scourge gauntlets, oh, not the role I want do it again, gauntlets, oh not the role that I want, then think about what I'm saying, you're putting people in the lanes of content they enjoy, you're empowering them to look the way that they want and chase the role that they would like to have but you're still maintaining RNG, you're still maintaining like, well it's not going to shower you with loot that wouldn't be really fair, right you can do the same thing with guns what if that's how it worked? What if that's how it worked? Once you get a raid gun, once you get the threat level, it unlocks a threat level bounty. Right? It unlocks a threat level bounty. You're projecting some people don't want the same experience as you. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm not projecting at all. I didn't say this is how people this is what people would want or they want the experience as me. I'm saying if every section of the game empowered you to chase armor and guns that you want, that's not projecting that's not projecting that's the way the game is built you're not playing destiny if that's not what you want to do if you're playing destiny and you don't want to chase loot you're in the minority that's the way the game is built you boot the game up and the activities you do give loot base level engagement with destiny that's the way that it is i'm merely creating systems so that you could farm for armor set 
from a planet or an activity or gun from an activity that allows you to keep running it to get the role that you want. That's actually per- that's actually perfect for everybody. If you're casual, no big deal, dude. You're going to get the gun and then you'll be happy with the gun like Ada's bounties. Oh man, I- all I want to do is get a full armor set from IO. No problem. If you don't care about god rolls, dude, no worries. No worries, just just do the bounty and get the armor piece, and now you think you look cool. It's actually satisfactory for people all along the spectrum. I'm not projecting at all. If you're booting up Destiny and you don't give two hoots and a holler about loot, I, why are you even playing? Like, oh, there might be people just like running around and shooting stuff, Lono. Okay, well, guess what? In this talk and in this content, are they my concern? No, I'm trying to give the game depth and I'm trying to give the game more quality. I'm not worried about the guy that just wants to turn the game on and just shoot enemies in the face he, he's not my concern when I'm trying to increase value and guess what if they created these loot paths it wouldn't affect him at all it wouldn't take away from his enjoyment it wouldn't take away from what he likes doing it would empower him if he decides one day to do that like don't you see transmog would just cheapen everything it would just cheapen it instead like again I feel like you're asking for a band-aid you're asking for a band-aid. I don't like the way that I look. Can you please give me a band-aid instead of more substance and more grind? Just give me a band-aid so I can look the way that I want. What Lono is suggesting is great because it allows for intentional grind to get what you want. Exactly. And if you don't want it, it doesn't hurt. If, like, you say I'm projecting. If somebody doesn't want to do what I'm describing, they don't have to. It literally isn't even required of them. How is that a band-aid? Right now, in Destiny, okay, right now, if you want to look a certain way, okay, why do you think people are asking for transmog? If you want to look a certain way, there's no player agency overlooking a certain way. I mean, there is, but not to the degree that you want. Let's say that you wanted a full set of the armor from Ada for her, um, for running, for running the the guns, okay? You want her full, um, her full armor set, um, I don't even know what is this from. Gloves of the Comorant Blade? Is this from Scourge? If you wanted to just get her full armor set, you don't really have a way of doing that. Like, right here it is. The Annealed Shaper Crown. Okay? If you want this full set, you do not have any agency over getting these pieces you just have to run and look they've empowered you I think this is a good decision they have empowered you as a player every time you forge a gun you just have to pop um what's the thing called I don't think I have one right now you have to buy one of those things from her and pop it and then it makes a piece of armor drop at the end of the forge so they do give you a little bit of, uh, of agency there but if you want a full uh, reverie dawn set if you want a full set from um, one of the raids you have no player agency over that this is why players want transmog because they're like dude this armor looks cool and I got one to drop but I don't like the perks on it so I would love to be able to take the appearance of these gauntlets from the black armory and slap that appearance on a god roll uh, piece of gear that's the issue again you're asking for a band-aid the fix is not saying, oh, just give us transmog, Bungie. The fix is give us more player agency. Give us more, as I say so many times, give us more intentional grind. There's no, in- there's so few layers of intentional grind in this game. Ada's bounties are the key to that, I think. Or, or, 
Nightfall specific rewards are an intentional grind. You grind over and over and over and over again. And then eventually you get the gun that you're looking for with the role that you're looking for. Like it drops the RNG system that they implemented for both Escalation Protocol um, and the Nightfalls was like a really, really good decision. Because then, I mean, then when you do that, you're, you're basically giving players 800 lanes to jump in depending on their, their, their affinities and their likes and their, the things that they want to do. If you want a gun from a nightfall, if you want a gun from a planet, if you want an armor set from a planet or an activity, all those lanes are there for you to, for, for you to, to, to go and chase. Looking how you want's actually easy, perks or not. Uh, yeah, exactly. Peter Iliak is really highlighting what I'm trying to say. Anybody can go and have agency over getting a full set of gear. The reason that people are frustrated and the reason people are asking for transmog is because, again, it's a lack of player agency. So instead of saying, give us more agency, Bungie, give us more grind, give us more bounties like Ada, people are asking for a band-aid. Like, to me, it's a band-aid to say, just give us transmog. You're not making the game better. You're actually letting Bungie off the hook. You're letting them off the hook. Yeah, no, that's fine. You don't need to give us more grind, more intentionality in the game. Just give us transmog, you know? D- th- that That's what we need. I, I don't know. I just, I think you're letting them off the hook. I think they need to add a whole lot more grind and depth of the game. And transmog is like a is like an escape back door route out of the, oh man, they want more grind. We'll just give them transmog and they'll shut up and they'll just make everything look cool and they don't have to grind for anything. Because, I mean, if we're honest, if we're honest... There's not a lot of influence on armor anyway. So most people get a pair of gauntlets that have what they want and they don't care. They just keep infusing that pair of gauntlets up. It's got the right reload. It's got the right whatever. So a lot of the times I think the armor's lack of influence and lack of like punch leads to people just kind of like shrugging about it. Like, well, I'll just use this. This is fine. And I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with people settling. That's good for the casual to be like, oh, I've got a pretty good role. I'll just use this. But I think the person that wants to take it a step further and have that layer of customization, I think transmog is a punt. Dan Papa says, Drifter talks about a heist. Next season is opulence. I think this, uh, it may affect the raid. Uh, the raid may be Drifter's heist of the Leviathan. What do you think? I think maybe you're reading a little too much into it. I mean, he's in the tower with like a thing, um, like that's got all this black energy in it. Um... So it could be that, you know. Okay, does this powerful bounty automatically complete? If I when this when I complete this this public event, I'm not gonna risk it. I'm taking the I'm taking it off. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a prime and then come back and do one more pub just to be sure. If it auto completes, it could mess up my drop, because the drop could be the could the prime could take me up higher. Galaxy Beams. I love the lore when we were getting recently with our new characters uh, make them more memorable, but my concern is the triangle ships. Do you think Bungie uh, is alluding to impending death of the Traveler and life itself? Um, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't... The questions like this, I don't know how you want, me guys, you want me to answer these. Like I don't know. There's no way for us to know what the triangle ships are alluding to. I think the triangle ships are the ancient foe of the traveler and that's about all I can say like other than that I don't know what they're going to do I don't know what their plans are I think Callus stared into the abyss and came back and is interested in us because he knows what's coming I think Drifter knows what's coming but as far as like 
do you think Bungie is alluding to the impending death of the Traveler and Light itself, setting up D3 to be this be an enemy and that doesn't have the hype of being portrayed as a Drifter Callus and Mara? I, again, I just don't know how you want me to answer these questions. I, I just, I, I think that there is something coming where we're going to need a lot of friends on our side, and that's why Callus has taken an interest in us, and that's why I think that, you know, Drift, Drifter's going to play a role as well, um, and so is Marasav, so is, so is, uh, um, so is, what's his name, um, Aldrin. But other than that, I can't speculate much beyond that. Uh, Kuzamuza says, Will the lore that's been shown so far, do you think Bungie is leaving us little hints to eventually being able to use the darkness? Yeah, again, I don't know. If that's the route they take, again, my concern would be, we spent all this time becoming guardians of light, harnessing light, and fighting for what we think is good. I don't know if they're going to want to completely up, like throw that into upheaval. I get this question all the time. Are we really the bad guys? Is the Trevor really the bad guy? I mean, I don't know. I really don't think so. I don't think that that would be a good pivot. I think that would make it feel like everything we've been doing is futile. And again, that's just my opinion, but it just would be really, really weird for a four-year-old franchise to say, hey, all that stuff you were working on and your identity as a player and your identity as a guardian... Yeah, we, uh, we're going to completely gut that and crap all over it. And uh, yeah, so good luck being a guardian of darkness now. I don't know. I'm not going to rule it out because it could be a pretty big thing. They could do a an allegiance system in the next game where you things you do raise your power of darkness or raise your power of light and do a true RPG feel. But that just seems really unlikely to me. Uh, Nova, hey Lono, do you think they should lean into the allegiance thing even more so with faction rallies when they return? I mean, it'd be cool uh, for them to do something along those lines um, to give us a sense of, you know, m- way more meaning in what we're doing. Um, I, but I, don't, I, again, I just don't know if uh, if they're gonna want to pigeonhole people. I just, I think there's a lot of people who have one character, and I don't think we always want to just shrug our shoulders and be like, tough cookies, man, if you only have one, if you only have one character, then, you know, you're SOL. Now, if you only have one character, and they give you opportunities to, like, what if, you know, picking a faction had really, really significant things that happened, but if you worked hard enough, you could kind of reach that culmination, so let's just use some language here that we're familiar with what if you pick new monarchy and if you grind new monarchy enough you can become an emissary of new monarchy okay you can become an emissary you level 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 and then now you're an emissary and that comes with different perks now one of the perks with becoming an emissary would be that you could have other allegiances they could say you can now be considered like our ambassador and if you feel like it you can pledge allegiance to another you know another uh faction or whatever something like that because then a single uh, somebody that's a single player could say well i'm gonna grind like crazy so i can i can hit all three you know in a given month if you work hard enough you know, you work hard enough, you will be able to get allegiances completed, you know, and become an emissary or an ambassador for every single faction. Something like that. Because if they don't do that, and then you leave people with this feeling of, I picked Future War Cult, I don't really like my decision, and I'm freaking stuck, 
that's when I think people are going to check out on you. And then the content frustrates, and, and, and if it's frustrating, I would be concerned about folks saying, what's the point, and then not playing. I think meaningful decisions are important. I don't want to act like they're not important, but I also think you need to remember, people don't want to... F- wow. People don't want to feel pigeonholed. Well, I pick this thing, and I don't like my choice, and now I just feel stuck, and now the content's not as exciting for me. Uh, I think that's a danger because then the player feels like, well, I guess I'll just not play because I, you know, I picked Future War Cult and I wish I would have picked Dead Orbit and I, I, there's nothing I can do about it. Instead of being like, no, no, you, you could rank up and become, uh, you could become an emissary or an ambassador and then pivot and then pivot to the, to the other ones if you so choose. People are like, well, what's the point then? What's the point? Again, it would be a meaningful decision at the time because think about it. There could be weapons and things that you're getting access to first early in the season that maybe you think are more important to you. Maybe Future Warcold has a shotgun that you think is going to be really, really important to your build or you really, really like it, but there's a rocket launcher at Dead Orbit that you really, really want, and so you do them second. Things like that, I think, add importance, but you don't you don't landlock people and frustrate them. That's always that's always that delicate balance of you, if you landlock people, they're not gonna like it. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna check out. It, it could potentially demotivate people uh, from playing. And I don't think I don't think that's the way you want folks to feel. Like almost paralyzed by the decision, and then they don't make one, or the one that they make makes their enjoyment factor in the game go down. It's just a delicate balance. I'm not saying I know how to do it. I'm just saying what I believe what I believe player feedback would be um, if you didn't allow there to be some level of reset or transition mid-season. Uh, what do you think is coming out this winter? There's two possibilities. We're either getting a a forsaken size DLC that was largely already built. Um, you know, it was largely already built before. And so it's basically primed and ready to go. And then they're going to use all the year one loot pools and all the uh, all those year one loot pools are going to be used to give you uh, a new chase. So the next annual pass will be like a rejuvenation of the Infinite Forest uh, and a rejuvenation of um, other pieces of content. Uh, Infinite Forest, Escalation Protocol... Uh, things like that. So they're going to use, they'll use those old pieces of content and all those NPCs and all those loot pools. Um, and then when they done, when they're done doing that, that'll be like the end of Destiny 2. That'll be kind of how they send us off. So I, that that that's a possibility. The other possibility is, I think this is becoming probably in my mind the more likely possibility that you are going to get a Taken King size DLC Forsaken size DLC that has been broken up into the next annual pass I believe we're going back to the Dreadnought I believe Luke Smith made that very clear when he said the Light of the Traveler at the end of you know the end credits is the order of the DLC I think that's still happening the question is what shape is that Dreadnought DLC going to take and that just remains to be seen uh, Frank Pick says, when you talked about the cutscene sometimes not being the best way to present story, correct me if I'm wrong, summarize your point, how can you explain games like God of War, uh, Red Dead Horizon, Near Automata, where the cutscene is pre- uh, 
the cutscene to present story that helps us attach to the character that's invested. Love the content. Well, I mean, you're you're using examples of games where the characters are the center of the game. Spider-Man, Red Dead, Horizon, The Last of Us. You're you're really not making an equivalency here. The character, our character in Destiny, it's not an action adventure game. The story is not centered around us in the way that it was around Aloy or, um, um, I forget the girl's name in The Last of Us or Peter Parker or the, the uh, it's not John Marsden. I forget the guy's name in Red Dead now. Those games center around that character. Yeah, Ellie. Like, that character, their response, their reaction, God of War, it's a story. It's about them. This is a game-as-service, like, loot pursuit game. Like, this guy doesn't have a name or a story. He's He's just my guardian that I've been playing with for a really, really long time. Like, that's it. I'm not saying cutscenes aren't always the best. I was speaking specific to the context of Destiny, where you don't need—I I don't need a story for you. For I don't need a story in order for you to see. Oh gosh, um, I—I I don't need a cutscene in order in order for you to like tell me this this amazing uh this amazing story about my my character. It just isn't necessary. I think it's the difference between like a really good book and like a really good movie. I think Destiny can be more like a really good book where the writing and the dialogue is fantastic and interesting, but I don't necessarily need to see it. But if you're going to do like a really, really good movie, movies require, I think, a little bit more. And I think that's the difference between this game and The Last of Us and God of War and Spider-Man. I just don't think you can compare the narrative structure and the storytelling of this game to you picked a bunch of action adventure games. I, well, not all, but like you picked action adventure games that basically rise and fall on the, the like the characters being interesting and, and exciting. Um... And so I'm not saying no cutscenes. Again, you 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 cherry picking a little bit here. I said no cutscenes, dialogue-driven storytelling is probably the best approach for annual pass content. And unless you're doing like a big ethos-changing DLC like Forsaken, I don't think you need. I don't think you need cutscenes. I think you're potentially just pulling away from other development time and other bandwidth. So it's a little bit of a cherry pick question, and you might have missed what I said. I don't mean to say like you're intentionally cherry picking. You're just kind of overlooking other things I said to make it very clear that there's a, there's a lot of ways they could tell the story. But I think annual pass is is best served by is best served with like dialogue and audio and writing and not necessarily um, needing these big, you know, amazing uh, cutscenes. So if someone in chat could tell me the fastest daily, uh, daily heroic, I can't remember which, uh, which one I should be looking at here. Uh, Tricks uh, says, what are your thoughts on the new lore about the nine that got released this season? I haven't checked it out. Neon Zombie, do you think there will be a new type of enemy in Destiny 2, not reimagining enemy? I don't think that's a, I don't think that's important right now. I don't think that's important right now. I don't think we need a new I don't think we need a new uh, I don't think we need a new enemy type. We don't. New enemy types, I mean they're just not that important. Is anybody playing right now and thrilled and happy 
that uh, we have Telesto. Or I'm sorry, I'm reading my screen. The sc- the, the scorn. Is anybody? Is anybody playing Destiny like, I'm so glad they added the scorn. It changes my experience so, so much. Not really. What what really, really drives people to come back is not scorn. It's loot. It's even some people just want to level. I just don't think new enemy types are, are like winsome content. It's exciting when you first are playing, but after a while, scorn are just more enemies to shoot the heads off of. I've said it before. If you recorded footage of a group of guardians in a big room fighting, okay, and you had the technology to make all of the enemies disappear, make them all disappear, okay, and then you had them fight again, and you made all the enemies disappear, and you compared, okay, you compared the what the what the guardians were doing. It wouldn't look all that different. They would be sh- they would be shooting heads and throwing grenades and popping supers. Your engagement with the the hive and the fallen and the scorn is not that much different. Again, you're just getting into loot circle. I'm sorry, content loops to chase loot is generally what most folks are doing, and that I think is fine. I think a lot of people look at games like this and Division and Anthem, and they erroneously criticize just base level characteristics of a loot pursuit game as service game that's just what you're going to do in a game like this you're going to get into a repetitious content loop you're going to run that content loop over and over and over again and when you run that content loop over and over and over again you're being motivated to do so because there's potentially really really cool loot to get I'm not saying it would yeah it wouldn't hurt sure I'm not saying it would hurt I'm saying it's just not a priority I just, I've never prioritized stuff like this, and the reason I don't prioritize stuff like this is I just don't think it does for the game what everybody says it does. It's like, you're not going to suddenly have this amazingly great, in-depth, awesome grind and longer endgame or anything because they added the scorn to the freaking game. Like, that just isn't like a, I don't know, I just don't think it's a thing. Um... I don't, I just, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to speak for every single person in the community, but I highly doubt people are like, you know what? I'm really glad they added the scorn because without the scorn, I probably wouldn't still be playing. I'm so glad they added a new enemy type. Stealth Gaming says, do you really think the Allegiance quest should have been an annual pass thing instead of letting everyone have it since it may change things down the line? Oh, do I think it should have been annual pass? Is it free for everybody? How does the, I thought the Allegiance quest was part of the... Are you saying that they shouldn't have had it in the annual... I think that's what he's saying. Is that it shouldn't have been in the annual pass. Um, I don't know. I, here's, the, here's the dilemma right now, okay? They, they've confused their marketing, so I can't even give you like a well-informed argument here. I don't even know what you get for free in the annual pass. I'm sorry, what you get for free in the season and what you get in the annual pass. I actually don't freaking know. I don't. Um, it gives people a reason to buy the annual pass. It's not for everyone. I don't know. It, it should feel that way. It's Season of the Drifter. So you should be able to pledge allegiance to Season to the Drifter and have dialogue and story just for free? No, that's not how content works in games like this. If you want the new content, freaking pay for it. 
I'm just, I'm not going to entertain the notion that stuff should be free anymore. I'm just not. Shut up. I'm not telling you, the person asked asked the question. But the people that want everything to be free, just shut up and pay for the content or go play something else. It's that simple. There aren't games that are this old just giving out free content and giving out free loot and giving out free stuff. They don't. Anthem gives it for free, yes, because they took every single cosmetic adjustment in the game and they micro they they they're they're charging for it. That's a false equivalency. You're comparing two games that are completely and utterly different. The amount of cosmetics that you have to pay for in Destiny are minuscule. There's almost no cosmetics in Destiny you have to pay for. So again, if if you want a new quest line, new loot, and new things to do, pay the money. That's just the way these games work. Elder Scrolls Online, even The Division is probably going to have monetized DLC. Even though they're giving they're giving you the annual stuff for free, they're going to almost assuredly have DLC that you pay for down the line. If not, maybe they're just really hoping people are going to be paying for that early access because that's all you really get. You get some cosmetics and early access. So everyone's experimenting with monetization right now. Everyone is experimenting. So they're experimenting with monetization in the division. They're hoping that enough people are motivated by early access and some cool looking stuff to basically fund all their content. So I don't know. It's like the, the microtransaction store in destiny has almost zero presence in the game. And so if you want new stuff and you want a new quest line, you want, Oh, there's all this dialogue with the drifter and there's this really cool quest line then just buy the content. Like, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not even going to entertain the notion that there should be free things. Bungie gives, uh, the, the pinnacle weapons are free every season. I'm fairly certain. That's how they did it last time. And the power level bump isn't really content, right? But the pinnacle weapons is, you know, three weapons that you just get. And then there's the free events that you don't have to pay a dime for. And then if they ever decide to add maps to PVP. Uh, tickle biddies. What do you think is a better idea for releasing new content instead of uh, a strict delta? It would scale to your highest possible power. Listen, I don't care if they want to have deltas in the content, okay? But if Reckoning Tier Three gets beaten by people who had more luck and had better drops, and so their power level was higher, that's not really a cause for celebration in my mind. I just. If you're going to do, and I know it's not a raid, so people are like it doesn't doesn't really matter. It kind of does matter. It would be really really neat to go into Reckoning Tier Three on even footing and have all the teams just kind of seeing like, okay, who can get it done first? We've all been grinding the game. We've all been trying to get loot. Let's see who can get it done first instead of, well, I'm below the Delta because I had a bunch of bad drops, so I'm dying a lot and I can't do very good damage. You know, and this dude over here, he tried his best, but man, oh man, he has to run a really crappy loadout just to even be able to get in here. You know, he has to run a really, really crappy loadout. Maybe he doesn't have enhancement cores or, you know, whatever the, whatever the freaking story is, um, that, that is making him run like a bad loadout that we were running into that in tier two. We had people running junk loadouts or like Milo was scrambling to go get uh, materials so he could enhance his Orpheus rigs because we knew that rigs were going to be helpful. And it's just like, I, I don't know. That just doesn't make any sense to me. You, the, tier 2 and Tier 3 launched so close to the launch of the, of the, of the season pass. The only way, the only way you're going to be at level is with luck. 
it's just it's pure luck i mean silent today said he was at 86 and he's played less than me he's higher power than me and he's played less than me that's there's something wrong with your system if that's even possible a possibility uh melon ninja mutant says why do adventures not tag a bit of leveling onto them all these adventures i'd love to play but there's just no incentive this is another reason why I think they could look at all the planets in the Adventures in Lost Sectors and and add purpose. Even if, like, if you like the leveling system now, or they want Bungie wants to keep it, they could maybe do something with that, right? Every planet, every week, gets one powerful bounty. And you go and you satisfy that bounty by doing, you know, a planet, it's like a, you could call it like a planet, uh, planet clearing bounty. And you gotta do five public events, three adventures and three lost sectors or something like that and then you get the the planet clearing bounty and that's another powerful reward that's making all the planets meaningful each week at least to some degree for maybe the people that are like, you know what, I really don't feel like playing Gambit, I really don't feel like like playing PvP That, that would be a lot of content, you would really really struggle to get all that done, honestly between your nightfalls, your strikes, your adventures, uh, I'm sorry, not your adventures, your story missions, um, if you happen to raid, stuff like that. Sig- Sigmoidal Wheel, thank you for your sub. Four months, uh, four months, um, and Zach with four months, thank you. And thank you guys for the fo- the follows. Phil Woe, you subbed a while ago with Prime, I think I missed it, sorry about that, Phil. Uh, and thank you for everybody clicking the follow button. If you're enjoying the content, the back and forth, and the dialogue, like radio show style content, click that little heart, bu- heart button. That is a free and easy way to support what I do. Um, you think PvP is in a good state? No. Uh, Ashton Annihilator. Loved your talk about armor infusion, but I wanted to ask this. You say that armor and weapons have to look have looks to them based on how powerful they are. And I didn't say that. I said where they come from. Um, not how powerful they are. Example, Dreaming City Armor and Raid can roll with three perks, and that gives more chances for enhanced perks. When allowing people to enhance perks on, say, Tangled Gauntlets, diminish the value of those endgame armors, and thus would hurt loot incentive. Why farm for great hunt gauntlets uh, with enhanced reloader if I can just upgrade in hand? Well, there's a couple of ways to fix this, Annihilator. Number one, you would make enhancement really expensive. You would make enhancement, like, really, really, really expensive. It wouldn't be easy, okay? And then, secondly, you could make you could make enhanced perks way more uh, likely to drop on the, on that, on that gear, right? So, you could have enhancement core chances everywhere. I'm sorry, enhancement perk chances everywhere. But, like... Dreaming City and Raid Gear or Re- or Reckoning Gear or Tier 3 Gambit Gear, all of that would have higher chances of being enhanced. And then, if you just really like the armor set from IO and you want to take those perks up to enhance, first thing you got to do is get the right perk. You need Hand Cannon Reloader if that's what you're trying to enhance. You need to get that first on a pair of gauntlets from IO, and then it's really, really costly. So, you'd really have to put some time into it, which... It might be a wash, right? By the time you get a pair of Reverie Dawn gauntlets or raid gauntlets that are that are, you know, enhanced hand cannon reloader, by the time you do that, it might, you know, it might be just like the same amount of time, but at the end of the day, you have a high, maybe you have a high like I said, a higher chance of getting enhanced perks on end game armor sets like raid armor sets, you know, Reverie Dawn, stuff like that, higher chance of enhanced. I'm not saying you pull enhanced out of out of uh, previous gear. I would just make it really, really costly. Make people use enhancement cores. 
So again, that's that's that capstoning of the gear. You're like, well, I've got all these enhancement cores and I'm using them for something that's, I don't know, actually enhancing, since that's what they're called, instead of having them on infusion. Why not just make it so you need armor with enhanced perks to upgrade the other gear? You could do that too. I mean, I guess what Milo is saying would solve it as well, because then you're, wow. Then what you're doing is, is you're saying, you do need to go farm for the gear and it's really, really valuable. This is, this is kind of an answer to Annihilator's question. It's like, no, you do need to grind for those gauntlets from uh, from that location. Because if you don't grind from the, the, the gauntlets in those locations, you can't get enhanced uh, hand cannon reloader. And if you can't get enhanced cannon reloader, you can't infuse it or whatever. So, whatever. So then you could still have that sense of like, no, you need to go into the hard content if you're going to try and get the best perks because that's the only place it can land. you know. Or again, give people the option to make it like really expensive. Um... That then then if they're doing it, it's like, it's it's not something they're doing very often. Will the Beast? Do you think due to two separate quest paths, uh, they're planning some sort of faction war? Uh, I don't know. Just popped in my mind. Maybe I don't know. I would love Faction Rally to come back though. It's I thought that they could be good content and a good and a good loot grind. Now that we have random rolls, I think people hated Faction Rally. But if you think about how much gear from Faction Rally could come back to the game and give you intentional loot pursuit because of uh, random rolls. Um, Ice cold. Off topic, as I don't have much to say about the Allegiance quest yet, would it be better for Milestones to drop certain item gear so we can level more consistently? Yeah, I've talked about this. Like, why not just tell me what the Milestone's going to give me? You tell me what the Milestone's going to give me, and then I can I can have a little bit more control over... Like, right now, my Hunter needs armor. I pushed all the guns over to him. All the guns are like, you know, 680, 683, and 685, and he needs armor to drop. So when I do, I just did three story missions. And when I do these three story missions, if if I if I do these and I don't get armor, then it was a waste of my time. In the in the most literal sense, it is a waste of my time. Like truly, I didn't achieve anything. Like I cannot drive that home enough. It just, if, you, if, if you're going to defend this leveling system, you have to see, you have to see how futile so much of your activity can become based purely off of a dice roll. And I don't think that that's a good way to treat leveling. But you got 680 infusion fuel? Yeah, you shouldn't need that. Yeah, 680 infusion fuel, which I then need enhancement cores for. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, next question from Trisky. What are your thoughts on trials not coming back? Uh, and what would Bungie need to do? Like, here's the thing with Trials. I don't think Trials would be as enjoyable. I think people would dislike it. Um, I don't think it would work well on a lot of the maps. I think a lot of the maps would make... I think it would need to be 3v3 Elim and they need to get rid of a lot of the maps. Right? 3v3 Elim and, and take a lot of the maps out of the rotation was how they'd have to do it. Now, I got a cloak, which, that's great. That's great. Now, I don't know why I'm getting a 75, though. So, oh, that's right. They haven't fixed the small drops. So right now, that was a, that's a plus two. That's a plus two. That doesn't help me very much at all. But at least my cloak was a low was a low piece of armor. It was a seventy one. And in the grand scheme of things, well, everything's actually now that's actually one of my higher pieces of armor. At least it was armor, not a gun. That's my that's my consolation. Um. So next question, Shadow Slay. Do you think the titles and seals should be able to cross over into D three because of the amount of time people? Oh, definitely, yes, hundred percent. I would really want to see. Thanks, babe. I would really want to see um, 
those cross over because that I don't know that's a bit of a gut punch to get into the next game and have all that stuff just disappear um so interestingly enough I'm 75 yeah that was another plus one that was a plus one because I was 74 before getting that yeah that was a plus that was a plus one it's unfortunate man it's unfortunate oh it's still void so I'm gonna go back to what I uh, what I had um and I'm going to check and see what Milo's running. Okay, he's running Void. I'll switch. It's fine. I'll just put on rigs. I don't know if I have... Yeah, I don't really care. Uh, doesn't really matter. All right. Uh, do, 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 do. Next question. With a lot of discussion being brought up on Twitter about the meta of uh, Not Forgotten Luna and the Recluse, things being OP, not good for the game... Uh, True Vanguard. Oh, True Vanguard said this? Do you think that the uh, Not Forgotten Luna should be taken out, according to some? To me, they're fine, uh, and people will complain about any little thing, especially when most players that play PvP are pretty bad and run double primary still. Thoughts? Um, Milo's saying it's a huge issue on console. Okay. Listen, I don't know what the answer is then, because if people want to have... I mean, what do people want? If you want really, really good gear to be an incentive, you want really, really good gear that's then not really, really good in PvP? Is that it? It's just aim assist on console? That's the issue? I just don't understand then. Because if you want really, really good rewards, I guess you want really, really good rewards that then are not really, really good in in pvp ultimately that's what it feels like to me is it feels like it feels like people are sort of asking for their cake and they want to eat it too like that that expression is always weird to me of course you want to eat the cake but you, you can't have your cake and eat it too the idea being you can't like hold on to the cake you've got to eat it and if you and if you don't if you don't want to eat it and just hold on to it you're you're, you're not doing you're not using cake as it's intended to be used right so if people want cool rewards, then people want cool rewards that aren't good in Crucible, and that's weird. This is why I've said this problem will never go away. As long as Destiny has PvP, this will forever be a problem. Because if you neuter it, and you turn it into this neutered environment, where folks go in and basically play Halo... That doesn't line up with the game that Destiny has been for the last four years. Destiny has been a game for the last four years that the gear that you pursue affects your experience. That's the game it's been. like, And so you want to gut that and say, well, but no, you shouldn't be allowed to get really, really strong gear. Now, someone might say, well, the real issue, Lono, is that they should test these things. I could probably agree with that then. If if it's a simple matter of Amosis being completely overrealized on console, you just have to be careful because you're you're uprooting something that people worked really really hard for if you make it weaker. It's not an issue with those guns, it's an issue with the archetype, just like Ikelos rapid fire shotties. 
Well, if the archetype is just too strong, then again, I I, I don't I don't have the answer because I don't play Crucible on at all. When I do, I do fine if I can use the loadout that I like. When you make me run some some convoluted, stupid loadout, well, that's when I start to struggle. But even today, I booted up. I was in second place on my team. I did just fine. I, you know, I was using a pulse rifle and a shotgun, and I was able to properly position and watch radar and and get kills you know and i'm not a god tier player but again the question becomes you know aim assist on console i play on pc and you know have never have never really struggled to just play now obviously if i go into competitive everything i'm saying changes everything i'm saying changes if i go into competitive um because that's gonna that you know that obviously is a completely new swath of players uh, I put my tether in like the worst possible place. Um, there we go. <laughs> I didn't tether anybody. So the, the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you think about incentive in this game, what's going to motivate people in PvP? Just keep playing because people tend to keep playing for reward. Now, yeah, there's people that'll just play because they enjoy PvP, but I also think there's just, there's a natural sense of Destiny is a game you play for rewards. Those rewards have an influence over your experience. And that, I think, is something that is hard to balance in a PvP environment. I can play more than you. I can grind more than you. I get the good gear. I'm playing more than you. I'm grinding more than you. I'm more familiar with the maps. I'm more comfortable with the guns. I'm more comfortable with the maps. I'm more comfortable with my subclass. I have those as advantages. Just because you play more doesn't mean you're necessarily better, but it certainly lends itself to a player just being better. You're more experienced. If I play one hour a week or two hours a week or whatever and I dip into PvP infrequently and I'm going up against people that not only play way more than me, so they're just more familiar with the maps and and where they can go and a lot of the a lot of the the strategy of the maps right they're just familiar with those things well if they know all those things and they've been grinding and they have stronger loot than me it's a bit of a it's a bit of a double whammy like it's a bit of a it's, you're you're hitting you're getting slapped in the face twice so but I, again, I don't know that I don't know the solution. You have a loot pursuit game where people for four years have gotten really, really good loot, and when they get really, really good loot, it drives them to play. M- Mapadors, a god roll Matador, a god roll Party Crasher, a god roll Is Luna. This is this is something that drove people to play Crucible. If you gut that, you gut other things. Like you, you can't just keep saying this thing's too strong. Get rid of it. Now, if Eugene is right and it's just the archetype of the weapon that needs looked at and they nerf that archetype, you are again facing the problem of you just gutted and hurt something that people worked really, really hard for. Good luck with that, you know? Good luck doing that and not having the community get really, really angry. What are your thoughts on the allies we're getting lore-wise? Like, imagine a raid story campaign where your fire team, the Vanguard, Osiris, Anna Bray, Drifter, Spider, and the Awoken are all there to kill the darkness or some big bad. Right. I think again, we're we're, we're getting ready to face the ancient foe, fo- fo- the ancient foe of the Traveler. That's what those big triangle ships are. Um, and so I think that is. Uh, oh, I don't know how that didn't kill him. I thought that would have killed. Oh, he's a wanted. That's why. I was like, that guy shouldn't be that strong. Wanted's are always like way stronger. Yeah, that's what I think they're gonna do with the lore and the and the and the story. Uh, 
Green Rhino, as a newer Destiny player, I started in January 2019. I really enjoy the choice that I'm forced to make on the Allegiance quest. I probably wouldn't have had any reason to make a second uh, Guardian I'm, oh, because I'm using a Titan. Thanks. Oh, oh, would you suggest starting another one? I mean, you can. You don't necessarily need to. I, you know, I think you can get away with with just having one. I don't know how much of an influence it's going to have over the coming weeks. I really don't. So, it's Buddha time. I know you don't really like to discuss rumors, but please enlighten me on this one. What are your thoughts on the rumors that D3 will be PvPVE in all areas on all planets? In my opinion, it'll ruin Destiny. That's one of the dumbest rumors I've ever heard. No offense to you asking the question, Buddha. Whoever is spreading that rumor, that's one of the dumbest rumors I've ever freaking heard. There is literally no way they would do that. Absolutely not. That would be one of the most damaging things they could do to this game, is to make it PvPVE everywhere. You would, you, would literally, you would literally gut the identity of Destiny if you did that. Um, it was Anon the Nine? Okay, so if Anon the Nine said this, okay... If Anon the Nine said this, and all of Destiny 3 is PvPVE, then I, that's that's freaking worrisome. That's worrisome, dude. That that's not now. You if if they do it smart and it's like something you can you can opt out of, right? If it's something that you can opt out of, then maybe maybe it could maybe you could get away with it. But if it's if it's basically everywhere I can get attacked by people, nah dude. Bye. Enjoy your enjoy your weird, like hybrid strange game that nobody's gonna wanna freaking play. Like, that's not even a genre of game right now. Right? That's not even a that you know what I mean? It's not everywhere. It was in regions. I mean, if the, yeah, if there's regions of PV, PvPVPVE, the only thing Bungie's gonna have to think about is the same thing that that, that Division had to think about, and it's griefing. Griefing would be the biggest concern because you could basically set it up to where, you, you know, you could troll people and just like, yeah, if anybody comes in this region, they're ours. We're gonna get them. You know, we're gonna get them real, real easy. Like, just you know, <laughs> you know, just sit here and wait for them to come around the corner. That'd be the biggest thing they have to think about is griefing, honestly. Because at the because at the end of at the end of every uh, uh, play session, you wouldn't want to say, "Well, I was I would have been okay, but these guys just camped out this area and kept killing us." So they've got to be really really careful with the whole PvPVE thing because I, I think it can be very very damaging to a game's identity. I've said it before. If I just want to if I just want to boot up and grind and you're putting obstacles in my way, I'm going to freaking rage out. If that obstacle is a player, then I, I'm going to get even more frustrated cuz then it's not like bad RNG on leveling. It would literally be somebody like, "Nah, dude, you want to come over here and do this activity? Nah, this is our territory. We're just going to sit here and squat on it and grief." That'd be really really frustrating. Um, and the last question in chat here not sure if you got to my question or not skipped black army went to joker's wild I got a 21% delirium and now I'm heading back to forge weapons what made it to Ness's forge last night it's all foreign to me any suggestions I, play I don't have suggestions bro like l- use the map and play 
do the instructions, like get the get the guns and just play. I don't I don't have a suggestion for you. You're 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 asking me to tell you how to play, and I don't do that. Just play the game. There there is it. You're just now getting to Nessus after doing Joker's Wild. Just do the things. There's just stuff on the map to do. There's probably directions. There's probably things they're asking you to do. I would just do them. Um, and then someone's asking if the loss mechanic should be removed in comp. I think so. I think the loss mechanic is too punishing. Get rid of it. And I think they should recapture trials bounties. There should be some type of bounty you can do when going into comp to get decent weapons. Call them adept bounties or something. I think that the, I think the, um, I think that the way comp plays right now, it's really, really punishing. And if you don't win, there's no point. So everybody DDoSs or doesn't play. It's a terrible playlist for that reason. If you filled the playlist with a bunch of casuals doing bounties that they knew they could get no matter what, and you remove the loss penalty, I think DDoSing would go down, sweat would go down, matchmaking would speed up, your games wouldn't be as sweaty because there'd be way more people in the playlist. I think they need to completely reevaluate comp. It's... I understand what they're trying to do. The spirit of competitive. It should be punishing if you lose and, you know, this and that and blah, blah, blah. It should be about endurance, grinding, winning to get the cool weapons and to get the better ranks. It shouldn't be, oh, if I lost, uh, yeah, you lose double. And then it's basically people DDoS or don't play, you know, or they just stack sweat and it's not fun. So the, the fun factor is down, the DDoSing is high, and the engagement's low. So if you've enjoyed this content, if you're here live right now, please click the follow button. I do interactive radio show like this all the time and take your questions. I'm going to be doing another of these segments in just a little bit about division. So don't go anywhere. We're going to do another talk and another Q&A. So stay here in the chat. Uh, don't leave. And it's free to follow the channel. Just click the heart button. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live. I'm probably live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all of my content, I appreciate you watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe.